0: Kindness is the most powerful thing. If you were to ask me, Jess, what is the one most impactful thing I can do on my confidence building journey? Hands down, I would say master the art of being kind to yourself. It is simple, but not easy. So if you are looking for big results and big change, give yourself a big amount of time and know that this process that you're embarking on, this growth process, is just like any other big change that you would experience in your life. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of this podcast. I am a coach for women who work in the 9-to-5 space. I work with women who Are super ambitious, but also who are a little bit like me, a little bit type A, a little bit perfectionist, a little bit hard on themselves. And this show and all the work I do is really about helping you realize your full potential in your career and helping you build confidence and build a thriving career that really feels like it's adding and contributing to your life. And So many of the women, and probably you, (laughs) have a lot of talent and a lot to give, but you don't always trust that. You don't always bring that out, and my mission is to help you trust it, to help you bring it out, and to help you see that you have so much value to offer and that you truly can build whatever you want to build in your career. That is what I do, and we are getting towards the end of 2021. I feel so nostalgic. You guys, I'm a nostalgia machine. I love nostalgia, any form of it, right? Like nostalgia can take so many different shapes. One of the shapes of nostalgia is endings and new beginnings. And so I get really sentimental and mushy and excited and thoughtful and reflective and introspective when it gets to the end of the year. And I love to take that energy of nostalgia and introspection and just thinking about change and thinking about these markers in time. I personally love to take that energy that I feel, that nostalgia that I feel, all of that stuff and channel it into the podcast and channel it into my work. And today's episode is very much inspired by that. So we're getting towards the end of the year. And for me, as I get towards the end of the year, I love reflecting for myself. And I encourage you to do this too, but I love reflecting on, you know, what was this year? What was the story of this year? You know, in the novel that is my life, in the exciting novel or film or whatever, (laughs) whatever you want yours to be, right? But in the story of my life, what was 2021? What did it represent? What happened in that chapter? I love doing that reflection. And the idea for this episode came about because last year I was reflecting on what 2020 was in my life. And I sent out an email to my newsletter at the end of 2020 last year with 10 learnings that I felt like were really pivotal in helping me Grow my confidence. And I got such a positive response to that email and such beautiful feedback that I decided I wanted to make it a yearly thing. And every year I wanted to close out both the podcast and my email newsletter with 10 lessons and just reflecting on the things that I learned this year and helping you take the things that I'm learning and apply them to your career and your growth and your own journey. And so this episode, I'm actually doing this in two parts because I know it's going to get really long, but this episode is all about me sharing my 10 lessons on confidence from this year, from 2021, and I'll share them all with you, but I'm going to dive into probably like the first five of them in this episode, and then I'll finish the rest of them next week. Because I want to give myself lots of space to like dive in and talk about it and chat about each one of these. And I knew that if I tried to fit all 10 into one episode, we would be here for a while and my voice would get real tired. So I wanted to break it up and walk you through it. And these are truly based on, you know, principles and learnings from my own life and my own growth. And almost everything I do on this show, everything I do in my private coaching, everything that I bring to this incredible community of women comes from my life and my own learnings and what has worked really well for me and me trying to take that and distill it down in a way that is useful for you. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. And if you feel curious also about my newsletter and you're wanting to receive my emails, I will link that. In the show notes, you can add yourself to my newsletter, which is the newsletter is sort of where this 10 learnings idea originated. Like I said, at the end of 2020, I send typically one email a week with career advice and learnings. um, And like I'm talking about now, this towards the end of this year, I'll be sending like the 10 lessons on 2021 to my newsletter. So if you are interested in that, you can add your name using the link to sign up below. And with that, I'm going to start by reading the 10 lessons to you, and then I'm going to deep dive into the first few of them. I'll probably allow this episode to go for about 30 to 40 minutes, hopefully not longer, but we will see. And then I'm going to pick up the rest in the next episode. And I didn't really script any of this. I wanted this to be a bit more raw and organic and unscripted, and I just wanted to share my learnings with you and my thoughts with you. So we're going to sacrifice maybe a little bit of structure and a little bit of brevity in order to have just more rawness and realness. Although I will tell you (laughs) with most of my podcast content, whenever I try to structure it, I almost always just abandon the structure. I'm not very good at like sticking to my outline. But anyway, I'm going to walk you through the list and then we'll dive in. So here they are. Here are my 10 lessons on confidence from 2021. Lesson one, kindness is king. Lesson two, make room. Lesson three, the fastest way to grow is one small step at a time. Lesson four, learn your self-defeating patterns so you can interrupt them. Lesson five, tell on yourself. Lesson six, if you let it be messy, you'll grow faster. Lesson seven, if you're willing to feel scared, icky, weird, awkward, and uncomfortable, you'll deepen the quality of the confidence that you build. Lesson eight, Every day, practice being more of you. Lesson nine, decide it's enough and keep playing. Lesson ten, like yourself either way. So some of them are more self-explanatory. I feel like some of them are more cryptic and are probably going to require me to explain them to you. So as I walk through this episode, some of the ones that might have felt like, what is she talking about? Well, those will hopefully make more sense. So let's start with number one, kindness is king. So This one is really close to my heart because so much of my journey, my personal journey of building confidence has really been understanding the role that kindness plays in my own growth process. And when I say kindness is king, what I mean here is that being kind to yourself is more important than any other piece of the confidence building journey. And I think, I know I was this way. Maybe you're this way. I don't know. But I think that we tend to think that building confidence is all about like learning these super fancy tricks and methodologies. And it's all about being really strong and tough and badass. And while, you know, I'm very pro-badass and all of that stuff, what I've learned through the work that I do is it's actually our ability to cultivate that inner softness towards ourselves, that kindness, that ability to offer ourselves a soft landing that helps us build confidence faster. And so often when I'm doing my own inner work, when I'm doing work with some of the women, I support one-on-one, right? Because when I'm working one-on-one, it's very intimate. I really get to see and learn what someone is experiencing deep inside, what emerges so often in the process of growth and the process of building confidence is that so many of us have fueled our growth. And I know this is me for sure, but we've fueled our growth through an inner harshness, being very critical of ourselves. And this critical inner dialogue that we have, this critical inner monologue that we have being so mean to ourselves for so many of us, has worked really well in helping us achieve and do and accomplish. And so we only know, the only blueprint we have for being successful and getting things done and building a powerful career, the only way we know how to do it is through like whipping ourselves and sort of pushing ourselves from a a feeling that is very bad and harsh and self-critical. So often, I think we think that that same voice is what we need to build confidence. And so when we have a bad day or we were trying to act confidently, but we failed or something didn't go well... We think that we need to punish ourselves because we did it wrong. We didn't didn't act confidently the way that we wanted to when, in fact, the opposite is true. Confidence gets built when we have the courage to slow down and be with whatever feelings are present. And rather than using that harshness and that self-judgment to try to evaluate what happened and move forward... Being able to have the emotional maturity inside to say, you know, I still respect myself as a human. I still think that I'm a decent human. I still think that I'm worthy and valuable. Sure, I want to learn from this thing and I want to try again next time and I want to move forward with new knowledge that I can bring with me to the next challenge that I encounter. But I don't want to move forward with a story that I am broken and I'm wrong and I need to go fix myself. I want to move forward with a story that I support myself and I like myself and I'm kind to myself, even when I mess up and even when things don't go well. And I think that when we're able to treat ourselves that way and be kind to ourselves, For me, it really broadens how much courage and bravery becomes available to us. And it really broadens how much we are willing to take risks and try new and different things. Because when we know that no matter what happens after we take the risk or after we do the scary thing, no matter what happens, we are committed to having our own back and treating ourselves in a kind and supportive way, it makes us feel so much safer to take the risk. It makes us feel so much safer to step out of our comfort zones and see what happens. Because we know that if it goes poorly, yes, it's going to feel bad. Yes, we're going to be disappointed. We're for sure going to be disappointed, right? Because we want it to go well. But We're not going to layer on cruelty and self-judgment in addition to the disappointment. We're going to allow ourselves to feel the disappointment while also allowing ourselves to be kind and supportive of ourselves through that disappointment. We can be disappointed. We can learn from what didn't work without treating ourselves so harshly. I personally think this is part of the magic of coaching. I think this is one of the reasons that coaching works so well is because when you're in your own head doing your growth on your own, it's really easy to get away with being really cruel to yourself when things aren't going well. But when another human enters into the picture and is partnering with you on your growth and you share what you're feeling and experiencing with that human, this is true, like when I coach my clients, and when I receive coaching from my own coaches, the coach interrupts that self-criticism and that self-deprecation and that self-flagellation. And they say, well, well, hold on a minute. Like, let's look at what's really going on here. And they help you start to see, oh, I don't have to do that all the time. And then you start feeling less shitty. And because you feel less shitty, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have so much more capacity and bravery and courage to try these things. Because all of a sudden, this feels so much less heavy and so much more manageable. Kindness is the most powerful thing. If you were to ask me, Jess, what is the one most impactful thing I can do on my confidence building journey? Hands down, I would say master the art of being kind to yourself. It is simple, but not easy. But the good news is, there's no rush. You get to practice and get a little bit better and better at it every single day. It doesn't have to happen all at once, which is another one of the learnings. That's number three. We'll get to that. But before I get to number three, we got to look at number two. Number two is make room. So what do I mean when I say make room? Here's how I think about making room. So many of you are on this journey of change. There is who you are now, the woman that you are now, and then there's a version of you that you want to be. Maybe you want to be more confident in meetings. Maybe you want to step up and get promoted or step into a career path that feels really exciting. Maybe you want to feel much more confident inside. Whatever it is, there's where you are now and there's this place that you dream of being. What I see so often, and please don't do this, it is going to make everything just feel so hard. What I see so often is that women don't give themselves enough room to have that change happen. So they have the idea of who they want to be, and they think that it should happen quickly. They think that they should be able to become that woman and translate that vision into reality as soon as they create the vision, right? It's like, well, if I can imagine that this is the woman that I want to be, then I should be able to walk into that meeting today and be that woman. And if I walked into that meeting and tried to speak up and tried to be that bold woman, and I spoke up and it was awkward and it was awful and it didn't go well, then I must have failed. I must be doing it wrong. Something must be wrong with me. I'm trying to you know, listen to what Jess is saying on the podcast and then I go in the meeting and it doesn't go well. So maybe all of this growth stuff just isn't for me. And what I would want to offer you instead is that it's not that this growth stuff isn't for you. It's that you didn't make enough room. I want you to think about the magnitude of the thing that you are trying to build, right? If you're trying to build something small in your life and something very small and simple in your life, you don't need a lot of room, So let's say you're trying to become really good at making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You probably don't need a ton of room to achieve that goal. You need some bread. You need some ingredients. You need some internet research and boom, you are going to become masterful at that, right? Because it's just freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But if you're trying to build confidence and fundamentally reshape how you feel inside and how those inside feelings drive what is possible for you and what happens in your career, that is going to take a minute, right? That is not going to happen super quickly. And so just like you would make lots of room in terms of time and energy and commitment for any big change that you are about to experience in your life, you need to make the same amount of room for your confidence-building journey or for whatever that goal is that you are trying to bring into fruition. This one really reminds me of getting a new piece of furniture in your house, right? So like, let's say you have a couch and you're like, okay, I want a much nicer couch. You can't just like snap your fingers and all of a sudden have the nicer couch. You need to get rid of the first couch, which is a pain in the ass, right? Because it's so big. Are you going to sell it? Are you going to put on Craigslist? Is it going to fit out the door? Who's going to move it? That's like a whole thing, right? That needs to happen. Then once you've gotten rid of the couch, You know what it's going to look like underneath. There's going to be all this random crap under there. It's going to be super dirty. You're going to be like, oh, there's that pair of shoes that I haven't seen for like 17 months, right? And you've got to clear it out. And then you got to bring in the new couch and it's probably going to arrive in pieces. They're going to be all messy. They're going to be wrapped in plastic. You're going to be sweating and exhausted, moving things. Does this fit? Does that fit? It's going to be a whole thing, right? And now look, all you wanted was a new couch. And in your mind, you could just sort of snap your fingers and be like, okay, no, it's going to look like this. This is... How it's gonna look, this is where the couch is gonna be. And there's you know a part of you that can imagine it happening really quickly, but you gotta go through all those steps. You gotta get rid of the the big old couch, and then you gotta clean the floor, and then you gotta make room for the new couch, and then you gotta put it in, you gotta assemble it, right? And so confidence is the same. And achieving your professional goals is the same. You need a lot of space, you need a lot of energy, you need a lot of commitment. And you need to understand that what you're embarking on is a big journey. It's a big project. And so it's going to take some time. And so this is good news. It's good news because it means that if you feel like you're going too slow or something's not working, that's actually not the case. It's not that you're going too slow. It's that You haven't given yourself nearly enough time. Change takes time. And as someone who is intimately involved with the change process of... women who are probably very similar to you, I can tell you that real lasting change is going to unfold over months and over years. This is why I am now working with my clients for a minimum of six months. I don't do anything shorter than that because the change that I'm supporting in the work that I do doesn't happen super quickly. And so many of the women that I work with work with me much longer term than that, because the change that they're seeking is not the kind of change that happens super quickly. So if you are looking for big results and big change, give yourself a big amount of time and know that this process that you're embarking on, this growth process is just like any other big change that you would experience in your life that would require you to do research and require you to prepare and require you to be committed for an extended length of time. This is no different. And I think when you actually give yourself the proper time, give yourself room, give yourself resources, That's when you set yourself up for success versus thinking it should happen really quickly or it shouldn't be so hard. I think that creates a lot of extra frustration and disappointment that can make you want to give up. So that is lesson two, make room. And it leads so perfectly into lesson three. This is one of my favorites. This is truly one that I'm working on embracing in my own life. And it's one of my favorites to support women in applying to their lives. And it is that the fastest way to grow is one small step at a time. And I know that when we have a goal that feels really important to us, we want to achieve it quickly, kind of like what I said in the one before this, right? Like kind of like what I said with number two, And I think what happens is we want to speed up and we want to hurry and we want to tackle a lot of things at once. And what I have found is if you actually want to grow really, really quickly, One of the most valuable things you can do is slow down. And I think this can drive our brains crazy because we want fast results and we want it to look a certain way. But if you can slow yourself down and allow yourself to focus on just one thing, you're creating a container for your growth, like a near-term micro container for your growth that is very, very accessible and doable. And the way that change happens, the way that we change and integrate change as humans is in these small, subtle layers. I want you to think small, subtle layers. In my series on confidence that I put out this summer, it was like a six-part series. In one of the parts, I talk about how confidence is like the dough in baklava, So baklava is made of these thin layers of dough. And when you're making it, you take every single little thin layer and layer by layer, you brush it with butter. And the layers are so thin, so you really need a lot of them. And that's, by the way, like lots of butter. That's why it tastes so good because there's so many crevices for that butter to ooze into. But the point there is... You can't make it taste good without all of those layers. You need that meticulous work of buttering every single layer. And if you just took like one thick piece of dough and like just tried to use that instead of making it the way you're supposed to make it, it wouldn't taste as good. And confidence and the growth process is the same. That big growth, like that dramatic growth from feeling really insecure and incompetent and doubting yourself to feeling super powerful and super confident, having like a strong-ass voice in the meeting room, that transformation happens as the result of many, many small steps and many, many small layers. And this goes with what I said before about how it takes time, right? And one of the best things you can do with the generous amount of time that you give yourself for your own growth process is approach it layer by layer and ask yourself, what is truly the smallest next step that I need to take? And to make this really, really practical Sometimes if you're, let's say, finding your voice in meetings and you're having troubles participating, sometimes the first small steps that you take are just finding ways to enter the conversation without adding that much substance, right? So so often the way that you're going to start speaking up and start using your voice is you're going to try to be part of the small talk that happens before the meeting starts. You're going to try to say hi to people as they're joining the meeting room or during the meeting, you're going to try to ask questions, right? Or you're just going to try to give your colleagues a piece of feedback and say, oh, that's such an interesting idea. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're not going to jump right into, here are my three ideas and sharing this super structured, super powerful contribution in the meeting because that's a big leap for your brain to make. You're going to start with the tiniest layers of just showing yourself that it is okay to use your voice, showing yourself that you can survive that scary experience. And as you realize that you can do that, That frees up your brain to feel more calm and more grounded so that you have the focus and the concentration that you need to have to contribute at a higher and more complex, more deeply engaged level. But you're not going to be able to contribute at that more complex, more deeply engaged level until you first master contributing at a very simple, easy baby steps level. And so the fastest way to grow is one small step at a time. And I would really encourage you to get really clear on what your one small step is and fall in love with it. Fall in love with your small step. Honor your small step. It's where you are in your journey. And the more sacred that you can treat that small step and the more you can love where you are and just be devoted to mastering that small step, even if it's really small, the faster you're going to grow and the more impressed and pleasantly surprised you're going to be when you get to the end of your growth process. And so that is number three. The fastest way to grow is one small step at a time. Number four is so loaded. Oh my gosh, this one is so loaded. I don't even know what I'm going to say about this one. We will see what (laughs) ends up coming up for me. But this one is just, there's a lot. Okay. Number four is learn yourself defeating patterns so you can interrupt them. This one is not always easy to do. This can take a lot of time, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of humility. But one of the things that you have to learn to be able to do to grow your confidence or experience any kind of change is you have to learn to watch yourself. And not just watch yourself, but watch yourself to learn what are the patterns that tend to repeat themselves that you tend to get stuck in over and over and over. And it is your job to learn the nuances of those patterns, the subtleties of those patterns, so that you can see your own operating system. And then you can decide how and where you want to break those patterns. So for example, if you struggle with confidence, if you don't feel super confident and super bold and super powerful in meetings, so often you might think, oh, meetings are just hard for me. Like, I'm just not good in meetings. I don't have a voice, right? I don't feel confident. and what what is really true is that there's a lot going on beneath the surface. Yes, that is the experience that you're having, which is that meetings feel hard, and you don't feel competent in meetings. But there are so many micro steps happening in that experience of not feeling competent in a meeting. And the more that you can recognize those steps, the more power you will have to change how you feel in the meetings. I'll run you through an example to make this really concrete because I think an example is the best way to explain this. But I want you to imagine Every little thing that happens in a meeting, from the moment that you enter into that Zoom room, you are not just in a meeting, sitting in a meeting room, but you are probably engaging in a series of thoughts and mental patterns that you go through in every single meeting. And so I'll give you... Uh, kind of like a client example or something that comes up often with clients is a lot of the patterns that I see in the women I support is that they enter into a meeting and they're carrying around this belief that like they know less or like they're the outsider or they're the less competent one and they spend the entire meeting they're not even realizing that they're doing this they spend the entire meeting looking for evidence that that's true And so every meeting they go into, they're entering into it thinking, I know less, I'm the outsider, I'm the not good one. And their brain is just searching and searching for all of the little pieces of information that confirm that. And when your brain is searching for evidence, it finds it. And so they stay stuck in this pattern of thinking that they don't know something. And then they're in a pattern of looking for evidence that they don't know something, that they're not as good as everyone else. Uh, around them and then what happens they feel crappy after the meeting so the meeting ends they go back to working you know just a regular work day outside of the meeting and they're carrying around that feeling from that meeting because they didn't break the pattern and speak up because their brain was looking for evidence that they don't know what they're talking about And that makes them feel even worse. So they go into the next meeting feeling bad again because in the time they spent between the meetings, they were consumed by more self-doubt because of how that meeting went. And then they go into the next meeting bringing in another layer of self-doubt from the meeting before and they're deeper into the story that they're an outsider and that they have less knowledge. And again, they find evidence of that in the meeting. So learning your patterns would be becoming really intimate with how a pattern like that is playing out for you in the workplace. And to simplify it even more for you, a really common pattern that you might experience is the pattern of feeling not enough in your role and that not enoughness being reinforced in meetings because of how you feel and because of your decision of how to participate in the meeting. And then that not enoughness that you feel in the meeting comes with you outside of the meeting when you go back to your desk and you're just back in your role. And then that not enoughness comes with you to the next meeting and so on and so forth. So you get trapped in a cycle or a pattern of feeling not enough in your role. And then you show up in a meeting room and you affirm and look for evidence of your not enoughness, which makes you feel more not enough in your role, which makes you feel more not enough in the next meeting, which makes you feel more not enough in your role, which makes you feel more not enough in the next meeting. And surprise, of course you feel like crap, right? Of course you feel like crap because you're in this awful cycle. And one of the most important things is to observe the cycle, find the cycle, watch the cycle, and then interrupt the cycle. That is what we're looking for. We're looking to help you break out of the story that you're an outsider, out of the story that you're incompetent in your role and open your brain up to new evidence and new ways of seeing yourself. And now this doesn't happen all at once. So it's not like you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to break the pattern of feeling incompetent inside and outside of meetings. And all of a sudden I'm going to feel amazing. No, no, no it's, I want you to think of it more as chipping away. You're going to chip away at it. Like I said, in layers, one layer at a time until eventually you have enough layers that you're actually strong enough inside to be like, whoa, wait a minute. I am actually legitimately starting to think that maybe I am decent at my job but it takes time to get there. It takes layers to get there. And it takes a commitment to watching your patterns and watching how you reinforce some of the places where you feel stuck and taking empowered ownership of those patterns and then deciding how you want to begin to interrupt them. And I will probably do more podcast content on pattern interruption and how to break your patterns, but to give you a little nugget here so that you can start to think about like, okay, how can I interrupt my patterns? you can really interrupt them internally or externally. So if you have a pattern of feeling small and not enough in your role and in meetings, your two points of interrupting that pattern are either going to be, you can practice viewing yourself differently, or you can practice taking different action. So there's like the outer action, and then there's how you feel inside. And I find often, sometimes it's easier to start interrupting patterns just by taking action because changing our inner worlds and our thoughts and how we feel about ourselves can be harder and more complicated. But when we take new action, it can really generate new powerful evidence of what you are capable of that then helps you also interrupt the inner narratives. That was kind of a tangent. This one, number four, the learn yourself defeating patterns so you can interrupt them is like a really deep one. It's kind of like a deep rabbit hole. So hopefully this is like enough of a nugget for you to like understand where I'm coming from on this one. And this is for sure one that I will talk about more. This one is very core to the change process. Okay, last one for this episode is number five. So I'll be splitting this up into the first five. And then next week, I'll do the second five. So number five on my 10 lessons on confidence from 2021 is tell on yourself. What do I mean by tell on yourself? So So often, we think that there's something wrong with us, and we have scary, awful, dark secrets that we need to make sure no one knows about. And unfortunately, when we hide the things about ourselves that we struggle with, the things that we feel scared of, the things that we feel insecure about, it tends to make us feel more scared and more insecure. and the way that we process a lot of our struggle around self-esteem and self-confidence, the way that we process so much of that struggle is in relationship with other human beings. So it's very hard. It's very, very hard for us to process our insecurities and the things about us that maybe we think are really shameful. It's really hard for us to process them in a vacuum. The way that we grow through the things that we feel insecure about or ashamed of or the things that we feel like are skeletons in our closet is by doing the very thing that can often feel the most scary, which is opening up to another human about what we're experiencing. And so when I say tell on yourself, what I mean is anytime you feel an urge inside to hide something or be like, oh, I need to make sure no one knows about this. Or you have that feeling of like, oh, I need to conceal this. That is actually like a little ding, like a little flag should go off in your mind of like, oh, my self-protective instinct here is to hide this. My growth is going to come from telling on myself, finding a trusted place or person that I can talk to and share this with so that I'm not holding it inside And basically allowing it to like run wild in my unconscious. You know, any any insecurities that you have, icky things about yourself, we can become really good at compartmentalizing them and pretending they don't exist and shoving them down. But they're still in our psyche and they're still impacting how we feel and how we act on a day-to-day basis. And One of the most powerful ways to process the things that we try to just shove down layers deep into our psyche is to share them and process them with another human. And the amount of healing that you can experience by opening up to things that you maybe think are too shameful to talk about or share with someone, the amount of healing that you can experience is enormous. And that healing forms the core and forms the basis. Of yourself, confidence. You will never build confidence by keeping the things that you feel insecure about secret and hidden. You will never build confidence doing that. And, and any confidence that you build living that way is going to be very surface level and very fragile. The way that you build confidence is by having the courage to process your really hard stuff and to share the things that you're experiencing that feel really like you want to hide them and like you don't want to share them with other people. Because in that sharing, when you are met with warmth and support and kindness and empathy, it's going to help you learn and internalize on a deeper level that truly nothing is wrong with you. And truly all that is happening is you're having a difficult human experience. You're just moving through a difficult human experience. That's all it is. It doesn't mean anything about you. You're not broken. You're not wrong. You're not unfixable. You're just going through something very hard. But for you to really internalize that it's not that you're broken and it's not that something is wrong with you, You have to get it out of your head. You have to get out of being alone in it. And so this is, you know, something that I've incorporated quite a lot in my life and like with my own coaches, right? Uh, Because I am a coach, but I also have coaches who support me in different areas of my life. Anytime I have a feeling like, oh, I don't want to tell her that because she's going to judge me. I take that as a signal that this is something that I need to talk about this is something that needs to be processed. Now, of course, what I have to add on to this is not everyone deserves to hear the sacred struggles that you are experiencing, and not everyone can hold that right. Sometimes even our friends—they are very well-meaning—but even people who love us, like our loved ones, can't always hold the things that we're struggling with. That's why we have therapists, and that's why we have coaches and people who do this work. And you know, many of us do have friends that can hold these things. You know, it's it's all different, right? It depends on the support network that you have around you. But make sure that whoever you do share with and who you do open up with and who does become your confidant is someone who has shown you that they can hold that. They can be with you through that. They're not gonna try to dismiss it. They're not going to try to just bypass it and make you feel better. This happens a lot when someone shares something. Our instinct often is just to make them feel better, right? And and when that happens, when you share a struggle with someone and they just try to make you feel better, it can make you feel really not heard, and it can make you feel kind of worse, right? So, when you're thinking about this lesson number five, tell on yourself, and you know me saying like it's so important to actually share what's hard and share the things that you feel too afraid to share. Just know that whoever hears the things that you need to process and work through should be someone who has really earned that trust and earned that right to hear those things from you. And that's actually why I'm so passionate about this podcast. And it's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I felt like this was sorely lacking in professional development spaces for women. I felt like I was in so many spaces that were supposed to help women become better leaders, supposed to help women, you know, navigate professional struggle. And what I found in these spaces is that those spaces for me couldn't hold the the vulnerability and the complexity of what I was struggling with. Everything was quite surface level and there just wasn't an emotional depth or an emotional intimacy that is really required to support me, to support women in working through really painful, difficult inner struggles and inner struggles that, you know, in my case, play out in their professional life or in the workplace, right? So if you know my story, you know that I started this show to help women in the nine-to-five space because I struggled so much and because I was constantly looking for that place where I could get support. And I just was not able to find that. And I think part of it was, again, that there, there weren't spaces where I felt safe to be truly vulnerable. So as you are thinking about number five, like tell on yourself and sharing the things that are hard for you, make sure to find spaces that can hold the complexity of what you're feeling in a way that makes you feel safe and nourished and supported. And this is why I'm so thankful for coaches, therapists, guides, healers, and just people who have the capacity to be with us through our messiness and just through those moments where we are afraid that we're going to get rejected or discarded because the thing we're dealing with is so difficult or so ugly or so shameful or whatever it is. And so that brings me to the end of the first half of this series. And I'll recap the lessons for you. Lesson one kindness is king. Lesson two make room. Lesson three the fastest way to grow is one small step at a time. Lesson four learn your self defeating patterns so you can interrupt them. And lesson five tell on yourself. Lessons six through 10 are if you let it be messy, you'll grow faster. If you're willing to feel scared, icky, weird, awkward, or uncomfortable, you'll deepen the quality of the confidence that you build. Lesson eight, everyday practice being more of you. Lesson nine, decide it's enough and keep playing. Lesson 10, like yourself either way. And I'm going to dive into those next week on the season five finale. Y'all, are at the end of season five and the end of 2021. So this series just feels so beautiful and so timely and so perfect. And I'm so joyful to have you here. And hopefully to get to be part of your growth journey in 2022 and get to be a, a bug in your ear that just helps you become that next version of you, that helps you make room for that massive, exciting change that you feel ready for. If you would like to sign up for my newsletter, you will find the link in the show notes below. This episode and next week's episode were, like I said, inspired by a newsletter that I sent out last year at the end of 2020. And if you are interested in working with me and you are looking for one-on-one support, you can check out my coaching website at justguessitcoaching.com slash coaching. And I would love to connect with you and learn about how I can help you make room for the woman that you want to become. It is such a joy to be here, such a joy to have you listening. I'm very much looking forward to recording the second part of this and having you listen to it. I will catch you in part two, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.